Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today we are continuing our talks around exercise habits and routines. I'm going to be diving deep into why people get mediocre results when they don't build a balanced foundation. This is something that we see so many people get wrong and we want to make sure you don't fall into the trap. Good morning everybody. If, in case we haven't met, my name is Yanni Bormeister and I am graced with uh, a new very attractive face today around the table. Uh, we are going to welcome our brand new gym manager here from Unity Gym, Will. And uh, we've also got Rad and Phil. We've got the full tribe. We've got Richie, the voice of God. Yeah, it's a full table. First time. I think this is the first time we've done a podcast with a full table. Anyway, very quickly, before we get started, I want to give a shout out to everyone watching the replay on YouTube. Smash that like button. It does support the channel. Also want to uh, send some love to those of you listening to the podcast. If you guys haven't already, if you're on the podcast or on the YouTube channel and, and you haven't already got over to the UMS Movement Mastermind private Facebook group, get yourself over there. What are you doing? It is an awesome tribe of people. And uh, with that, I'd like to welcome everyone joining us live, watching the live stream to the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group. Let us know who you are, where you're tuning in from. And uh, we want to know also if you have ever found that you've hit some sort of a plateau or a roadblock due to a structural imbalance in your body. Question of the day, have you ever plateaued due to a structural imbalance? Obviously, you would have to have been aware of it or had a great coach that had pointed that out to you. But if you have, let us know. We want to know in the comment section. You can also let us know on YouTube. How is everyone? Pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Happy days. I'm back in my happy seat. After, uh, <laughs> feels, away. feels personally <laughs> like privately devastated that he's lost the front row. Nah, <laughs> nah. Yeah. For those in the podcast, you know, there's a lot of seat wars about you know who sits where. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how uh, uh, how are you, Will? I'm good, thanks, mate. Very happy to be here. Yeah. Very, that is a, that is a voice for radio. Mate, I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it matches the face for radio, so that's all right. Um, so as we, uh, as we shared today, we're going, we, 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 this is a very important topic, very important topic. Tomorrow we're going to talk about how balance improves performance. Today we're going to talk about how imbalance impairs performance and your body. And we're going to talk a little bit about, we're starting with uh, the, the, the risk of compromise with a structural imbalance in a joint. And then we're going to go a bit macro and talk about how balanced training models and balanced training routines improve efficiency. And then on a macro level, improve, improve the results that people get. Uh, because it's very, very important. And it's something that we've built our whole program around here at Unity Gym. So first of all, I'm going to throw this over to Phil, and we're going to talk about joint glide. Yeah, well, I think the, the first place to start is thinking about uh, muscles and joints, the whole body as systems, because it can be very tempting when you are learning about anatomy to learn, um, you know, one like one muscle here and muscle there, and and you, you get like their their pure actions, which are you know your bicep. It might be elbow flexion, shoulder flexion, and supination, and you kind of think about the bicep in that context, but um, and that, but that doesn't really help you understand how it all works together within a larger system. So when you think about the shoulder, um, the shoulder girdle, so your scapula, your humerus, and, and your collarbone, like you really got to start to realize how there's just so much going on there all at once. And to be able to do something like a, like produce force overhead and you know a tennis serve, or to be able to do a bench press without like that shoulder, <laughs> and that shoulder can still handle it. Like that's a pretty amazing feat. So when thinking about um, joint systems, that's how we can really 
nail the um, balance in the system. If you're just in a bodybuilding context, doing one muscle at a time, t like training each of those isolated movements, like if you're just there doing, you know, um, bicep curls, you're never going to then develop a um, healthy shoulder system that's you know good with functional movements like a pull up. So yep. um, yeah, that's kind of the first place to to start. I think is is un by understanding the systems, we can then understand how to build balance systems. Yep. Um, and with your original question of joint glide, so what happens there is if you think about, um, you know, for this is a really common thing that I see um, patients coming in for physio is uh, they're doing something like bench press or push ups and they get that like real sharp shoulder um, pain right at the, the front of the shoulder that just every time they push, um, it's a very distinct point just there. And so it's tempting to kind of, you know, get in there and massage it and, um, you know, people get the, those like, thera guns and just, just smash it. But what's actually happening there is that's the bicep tendon acting as a kind of passive barrier for um, the shoulder because you need um, something to keep that fairly inherently unstable joint together. So the, that bicep, ten uh, if you don't have active structures really playing their role. So that bicep tendon acts as like a physical barrier at the front. And if ideally we never get that aggravated because our rotator cuff is going to be stopping anterior glide. So it's a, uh, just to simplify that, so the rotator cuff is, is basically there to try and limit glide in the joint from big powerful muscles that would otherwise pull, pull the whole- Pull them out of the joint, yeah. pull them out of alignment. Yep. Yeah. So you've got these two structures in the body in just about every joint. You've got a structure that's trying to sort of work to locate and stabilize the, the joint. And you've got uh, structures that are moving, creating movement. Yeah, so you kind of think about like prime movers. So for example, in a <coughs> bench press, you'll have your, your pecs, which are, if you just had a skeleton that didn't have anything else attached and you had your pet contract, you'd get um, uh, you'd get flexion up to 90 degrees with your shoulder, you'd get a bit of horizontal adduction and internal rotation. And you're like, if you just had your skeleton there with a, with a pec, you'd then also anteriorly dislocate your shoulder as soon as you contracted your pec. But fortunately we have all these muscles and, and structures in our body that can active, dynamically move the system while keeping everything stable. And so while your uh, pec is contracting to do the push, you've also got um, yeah your rotator cuff stopping that anterior glide, stopping that anterior dislocation, and then that will also stop that bicep aggravation. Yep. So. so that's the first and most obvious need for balance. And we call it structural balance or structural imbalances in the body is to balance the joints both the prime movers and the stabilizers. And now the second way that we like to really focus on balance in our training is for the efficiency model that I mentioned. And I'm gonna throw this over to Will because Will has uh, most recently experienced the UMS for the first time because he's trained with us before he started uh, to be employed here. Part of our, we call it the gauntlet, is that we make our, um, our, our team do the program for a while and experience the program as a client and uh, you've done you've been training for about 10 months right and yeah no, about eight months about eight months eight yeah. months yeah and prior to that will's got a lot of experience training uh himself he was a personal trainer for 10 years decade mm -hmm. yep at one of the big gyms here um so what how did how have you found the 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 concept of you you obviously would notice and i've been following your your facebook posts along the way about how it's been you know, uh, uh, in many ways, you you sort of dialed down uh, what you'd done in the past, but just focused on really balancing everything out, and you've 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 found that that's made you feel pretty good, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I guess a bit of background in my training. I was a big runner as a kid, which doesn't require a, a great range of motion, so I got very tight. And then, as a, a younger personal trainer, the ego was always driving the sessions, and it was the heaviest weight possible without the best form. Um, without the greatest range and uh, now starting to the 30s uh, I've found how valuable that um, 
that balance between the muscle groups can be and just how much better it makes you feel while training. Yeah. Also, on a, you, you touched on there on a, uh, on a flexibility level because you were um, quite stiff before coming. Mm. How's that felt, working a lot more on a balance between strength and flexibility? Yeah, really um, educational more than anything. Um, it's helped a lot, I believe, with um, the performance throughout and how sore I get afterwards and, and just that greater range. And I feel like I'm achieving more each session with that extra inch of depth rather than adding an extra kilo. So very yeah. satisfying. Yeah, yeah. And the next example that we can um, use, and this is where I want to bring Rad into the discussion, is that you, um, last year, I think it was last year or the year before, uh, Rad experienced a couple of pretty nasty shoulder injuries. And we sort of started to play around with what, why that was going on. And Rad, due to his martial arts background and, and the way he's trained in the past, has had much stronger uh, sort of back muscles than chest muscles and much stronger arm like tricep than, and shoulder than pecs and stabilizers. And so last year he sort of doubled down on bringing up the muscles that were out of balance, uh, primarily his pecs, just focusing on really dialing in really good form bench press, get going, uh, building strength in that and uh, building some muscle in the front of his shoulder to sort of balance everything out. And how's that worked out for you, Rad? Well, amazingly. Um, Other than how just amazing you look now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's um, it was a yeah, it's been a been a big long journey for me to to really wrap my head around the importance of it. And because for me, I just always I always associated training with the intention to build a particular muscle group up as as just bodybuilding and and around vanity. And I just had no interest in it whatsoever. But um, after getting two um, really bad shoulder injuries, slap tears on both shoulders from one slap tear and then 12 months later, another slap tear in the other shoulder, um, it made me realize just how important, uh, you know, creating this balance between, you know, I was already working in a balance between push and pull and left to right and flexibility and strength, but never between muscular um, size, muscular hypertrophy, I was, I, I just, always just associated that with bodybuilding and something that I wasn't interested in and um, yeah it caused me to, to, to change my training and it's had a, a massive impact yeah and I'm not training like that anymore now I did that for the better part of last year so I'd say a good eight to ten months of last year I did that um, but because I've developed um, a baseline level of hypertrophy in my chest now. Whenever I do pushing movements, I feel uh, the fatigue in my chest, whereas I never used to. I always used to feel it in my shoulders. So I've obviously retrained my body on how to on how to use the how systems that, um, yeah. and how to recruit the muscles more efficiently and more effectively, because I never used to get that. So now, when even when I'm doing like all my training at the moment is around calisthenics, and when I do the calisthenics movements, I'm I really feel it in my pecs. I feel those those muscles really engaging, which is a really uh, a really new thing for me and a really a really positive sign. And I can even feel that I'm still getting hypertrophy from the exercises that I'm doing now where I never, in the pecs I'm talking about, where I never used to get that before. Yeah, I, It didn't matter how hard or how heavy or how much I trained, my shoulders would just hypertrophy and my pecs would never go anywhere. Um, so yeah. And I think in the context of having slap tears, and just to be clear about what a slap tear is, in within your shoulder, um, the, in, in the joint itself, you've got a, a cartilage sort of disc in there that just helps with adding a bit more sort of surface area of attachment. And at the top of there, you've got your um, bicep attachment coming off. Um, 
one of the bicep attachments coming through there. So that's a when you think about that cartilage sort of disc, that's a passive structure. And so when we're talking about joint glide before, um, I guess when you can minimize joint glide, then you minimize the um, need for the uh, passive structures to act as like physical barriers. So if you have really strong and, and balanced active structures, then even if you do have like old, you know, passive injury, like I have a um, similar thing where I, I tore my labrum about in 2012 and I noticed that, um, yeah, if I'm, I'm not able to get in the gym and, and do sort of balanced training, then shoulder gets sore. If I am doing training, shoulder's totally fine. And so it's, I think it's just a really good example with, you know, having seen you go through those two injuries and now just looking at the crazy shit you do with your upper body, it's like a real testament to just how effective having like the focus on a balanced and strong like active structures. Yeah, it is. And, and when you think about what like, you know, my understanding of a slap tear before I'd had it and definitely my experience of the feeling of how restricted <coughs> I was when I got it is that the slap tear is really like a, almost like a game over moment for a lot of people. And, you know, um, I mean, you helped me so much with my understanding of what I needed to do for my rehab through that process. But yeah, it's, you know, to come back to this point now where I, you know, the, the volume that I'm doing, like what we were talking about yesterday of, of handstands and calisthenics work at the moment, and to be able to do that six days a week, every week, it's a real testament to the way that we train and, 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 the, and this idea of structural balance, you know. Yeah, and just, uh, I mean, look, the, the, the obvious uh, and where I want to end the, the discussion is the, 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 the concept of balance between strength and flexibility and, and fitness as well, you know, because that's really important too. But um, uh, on a personal level, I experienced a real limitation in my body's ability from training in an imbalanced manner. And that was what, um, I guess, birthed the idea of um, continually assessing your strength and flexibility and uh, at least for me and then designing workouts, programs and routines that are continually iterating on your weak links and making sure that you're constantly training for a balance and I adopted an, originally the the structural balance th um, thesis from Charles Poliquin, the late Charles Poliquin and then from that we sort of re revisited it with Tony Bataji and his uh, through his courses and his mentorship and uh, and then iterated both of those theories for what we do here at Unity Gym um, and that is, you know, once you pass through our foundations program and our, our, our technique optimizer program, that is w the way we train. We continually assess every six weeks. We figure out where there are imbalances starting to occur. And then we just double down on, on those areas of the body so that we're continually training in a way where we're not you know deviating too far off the course and it's you, you know we're not trying to create a perfect body or anything like that you never i don't believe there ever is and the body's amazing at I working around the, I mean. <laughs> uh, the body the body is uh is is incredibly efficient at working around your imbalances and figuring things out for itself but where you start to hit real bad plateaus is when you start to really ask a lot of it and for me it was when i was boxing quite heavily and when I started gym training, and I started gym training to, to in, increase my muscle mass because I was so skinny, the problem was I, I just paired up with the friend who knew the most or had been training in the gym for the longest for about three years. And we did biceps, uh, chest, and, and lat pull down every day. That was it, you know, and we did that four days a week. So I built a really big chest, really big biceps, and, and some lats, but all three of those big, powerful muscle systems 
work to internally rotate the shoulder. And what I found was that that really started to um, affect my ability to box. And eventually I had a really bad tricep tear where I sort of had an air swing and, uh, and, and missed the guy I was trying to, trying to punch. And, uh, and it tore my tricep really badly. And it, and it was an injury that took years to sort of fix. And Just to be the resident anatomy nerd for those playing at home, the bicep doesn't actually internally rotate the shoulder, but it is part of that. It so, is part know, of the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Just and, so I know, you know you get angry emails otherwise. <laughs> uh, and so... Yeah, look, and, and that was the, the, the interesting thing, which really made, changed the game for me as a personal trainer many years ago. This is going back about 16 years, uh, that I, I realized that the majority of people train really um, with, with a really bad sort of uh, direction. They just train to, to do what they either see in the mirror or what their friends do. You know, they don't, there's Having no... just been away for two months in very rural outback Australia and going to a gym there, I've just been so spoiled here for so long that I forgot... Just yeah, you, you forget. I mean, you, and you would know because you trained. You yeah. worked at Fitness First for a long time, which is where I was working at the time. And and there is very few people, even the trainers, who have a, a system where they're they're figuring out what people actually need. They just do. In my experience, working in a big um, chain gym like that, the majority of trainers just train their clients the way they train. And people will work with someone because they see you and go, oh, I want to emulate how you look or how you perform. So then it's quite easy because you just go, all right, we'll do my program. So I, uh, you yeah, know. I totally relate. I remember being, when I started becoming gym curious and going and, you know, putting headphones on and trying to avoid eye contact, but watch what other people are doing. Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Get on the machines that didn't look too scary and then just do those few machines that you'd figured out. And that was basically it. And that's, yeah. that's the next right. thing that we do. We just do what we're good at. So once we yeah. start to become familiar with something, for me, it was bicep curls, lap pull down and, and a chest press machine it wasn't even a bench press we used to use those chest press yeah. machines uh, I got good at those I felt good I started to see the weight stacks go up and so we did more of those things and then you just make the problem worse and worse mm. and worse you know um, and so it just yeah it's it's really quite um, it's it surprised me and then it made me a bit of an outlier when I was working in the gym which was great because it made me quite successful when I started to adopt these systems that we did not create we just we just adopted ourselves and iterated on where we assess people and we figure out what their body actually needs to improve their performance or reduce their risk of injury and and uh, and then build programs around that you know all uh, we did was took other people's stuff and made it better but um, <laughs> I've got something that I want to add to that because for me five years ago when I decided that I wanted to start learning calisthenics and I was assessing myself not knowing what I know now I wish I wish I had coaches like us five years ago um, but it's a great comment here from Adam yeah Potts, I know yeah. I know we'll get to that in a sec but um, my assessment of myself was that I was not flexible enough. And that's what started my obsession with flexibility because I, I just wasn't flexible. And none of mm -hmm. us were stretching back then at all. And I was starting to try these calisthenics movements and some acrobatic movements and I could just feel that my body just couldn't get there. And the more I researched, the more you, you hear these gymnastics coaches talking about the why, flex, why you can't ever do the things you want if you're not flexible enough. And so I really went down this rabbit hole of flexibility, flexibility, flexibility. But then later on, I became um, quite a flexible person now, but then I injured my shoulders because I hadn't built balance within strength within my shoulders. And so if I knew what I know now, I, I, would have, I wouldn't have just doubled down on flexibility. Mm. I would have 
balanced strength and flexibility and built them both up together because I got flexible and yeah. then I started to try to express strength through calisthenics and I injured my shoulders and if human I had of human nature hey like yeah, it's, it's so tempting to just be all about specificity and you start like the more you do one thing the you know you get fast results yeah, but yeah. The more you and I started to feel else. how the flexibility <laughs> was making all these things yeah. easier to do and so I wanted to go further and further yeah. and it's funny now now I definitely train in much more of a balanced way um, and I'm not doing nearly as much flexibility training as I used to do, but I'm absolutely doing enough to maintain what I've got and even still see progress, but I'm training in a much more balanced way, a balance between strength yeah. and flexibility. And well, look, the, the, the results that it produces is, is, uh, are obvious and, and, and it's why we have adopted this model now between a one-to-one -one ratio of strength and flexibility in everything that we do, uh, not just the UMS, we do it in our at-home workouts. And that was one of the big revelations for a lot of people who participated in our at-home workouts during the COVID lockdown. For a lot of people, it was the first time they'd ever mixed stretching and flexibility training within their workout. And, and then it started, people were getting incredible results and getting this tr transformative experience and going, well, why is this so good? Why is this working so well? And all it does is increase the efficiency model, you know, but there's all, a couple of things that you hack into when you do that because your, your central nervous system is fatigued and, and the, the, the role of the central nervous system in increasing flexibility is very big. So when you can sort of fatigue the nervous system and delay the, res the, the, in the inhibitor response in a stretch, you get quicker results results you get uh, a more uh, instant result you also are warm so your body's warm and it's in a in a very good state to stretch and there are a couple of really important rules that we apply uh, things that um, uh, ensure that we're not sort of inhibiting strength and stuff like that but it, it really really does produce an incredible result so you've got the stability factor you've got the glide the joint glide and stability factor you've got the, the efficiency model uh, and then you've also got the the fact that you know <laughs> when you're assessing and 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 training to balance your body you dramatically reduce your risk of injury which is something that I experienced firsthand it's something that Rad's experienced firsthand uh, I think Phil's had an experience I think Richard's had an experience I'm sure if we if we looked at Will's uh, training history he's had an experience there um, so there's three very very strong reasons why um, imbalances produce mediocre results uh, and yeah, it's not just yeah, I think with Will and his you know the running background like it's so mm. common in you know uh, team sports backgrounds which is where I come from and, and with runners that I work with it's just like runners just run and don't do anything else <laughs> and it's been great with Tom DeCanto who came on the um, podcast recently who's one of the top runners in Australia who you know now he's kind of getting to the point where he's finally figured out that like <laughs> strength training is an essential part of his performance and he's just been getting better and better even yeah. though he's you know yeah. getting, getting, getting on <coughs> a bit older I want to just mm. talk about Aidan Potts's comment here because it was really funny when Rad and I first started working quite early on with uh, with one of our mentors Tony Bataji who's a fantastic personal trainer um, and uh, he <coughs> excuse me he uh you know, uh, we, he, he was the one that really solidified for me the need for these uh, structural balance assessments and, and to use it as a tool to design personalized programs for everyone uh, so that they're continually overcoming the, their weakest links and, and perfecting their body, perfecting their performance, perfecting their ability to move, to produce strength and things like that. And when we went to uh, do one of his workshops, we all did uh, the strength testing protocol. And I don't think anybody passed the overhead press 
it, like I remember it was the one thing that I was so out of balance with. I couldn't even do yeah, one repetition do at one my at, at my recommended weight yeah, based on my that. bench press. <laughs> yep. And uh, I and I was that. quite shocked, you know, and but then I, w I watched the other day uh, when we did our strength test at the end of the year in 2020 with our tribe here. And I don't th I don't think many people failed the overhead press. You know, yeah. and this is what Aiden's saying here. Shoulder press uh, was his imbalance. I could not overhead press over 95 pounds comfortably due to shoulder injury that I didn't rehab properly. And then my vertical pressing was brutal in comparison to my horizontal, probably a factor that caused the injury in the first place. Now I can do over 160 pounds. Gotta love the UMS. And I'm gonna so smash the line. 72 that. kilos. Just yeah. Those. Yeah. Uh, and That's Aiden, huge. Aiden, huge. it was Aiden, it was exactly the same. <clears throat> Excuse me, it was exactly the same same for us it was just one of those overlooked movements you know when you don't understand that there is meant to be a relationship between your overhead pressing and your, your horizontal pressing and your and your horizontal pulling and your overhead pulling and things like that you just overlook it and you neglect it you know and and you you tend to choose movements that you're either a really good at already you're really proficient in or that your friends tell you to do because it's what they're doing and they want a spotter for the day you know <laughs> it's, it's it's hilarious Want to just give a couple of shout outs here. Uh, Alex Taylor, welcome. Uh, actually catching a live show and uh, he's wishing us all a happy new year. We've also got Tim Hughes uh, who's uh, commented here. Let us know who you are, where you're watching from, guys. We'll send you some love. <coughs> Tim saying, can't do squats without injuring myself due to a poor, uh, poor posture caused by weak right knee and poor ankle mobility. Just started foundations phase one and likely the focus on the fundamental likely the focus on the fundamentals. Just keep working on it nice and slowly, Tim. Remember, it's all about building your load capacity. Most injuries come from uh, just a little bit of mismanagement of Yeah, load. and Tim, I think if you could send me a photo, uh, a video of your squats, I'd love to help you out a bit because a lot of time people don't quite understand with squats that not all squats are equal and that, you know, there's a difference between a front squat, a back squat and a, a high bar and a low bar squat and you can do quite different movements. And the reason why you do these different movements is it works different parts of the system as we were talking about with the shoulders, just like, the shoulder, your hips, knees, and ankles will be loaded differently and uh, with those different types of squats. So maybe send me a video of what you're doing and I'll see if I can help you out by maybe, um, often if you have poor um, ankle mobility, then a low bar back squat is an easier way into squatting. So give that a we, go, send it through. I just realized that Phil missed the whole debate or the Kelly Starrett debate at the end of 2020. You would have loved that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, oh, had, yeah, we had yeah. a proponent of uh, the, the Kelly Starrett theory of every squat should look exactly the same with feet parallel and yeah, right. that there should be absolutely zero movement anywhere in no the body. No butt wink at all. Uh, zero butt wink. E e e all that, you know, yeah. and, really and, uh, and they were trying to encourage us to rethink our strategies and things like that because they just read the supple leopard, obviously, and I was like, and I was like, oh, God, Phil would have loved that discussion. Mm. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to go out on the reads on that one. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's just, anyone who just is like, you have to do it this way, it's just like, well, you're not really thinking about context. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway. So that's so that's uh, a, a really good bit of feedback for you, Tim, uh, with your squat, you know, and, and the other thing is, as you're learning and you're building your low capacity, it, you, you know, you're saying you keep injuring yourself, uh, you may be trying to push something that's just not meant to happen yet, you know, you, you, you might not, uh, your body might not be ready to deep squat, so you might just need to, 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 to shorten the range, you're still going to get muscle activation and recruitment, but you just might be pushing and, and things that know, aren't seems quite like ready yet. As a follower of the show, he's got the right idea and he's yep. doing the foundations phase, um, phase one, so that's, that's really good. Perfect.
Perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, guys, look, tomorrow we are going to go deep on how balance improves performance. Now, I'm sure some of you have had some hints in today's discussion, but we want to talk deeper about it because it's very, very important. It's, it's, it's one of the keys to the UMS program uh, that we're constantly pursuing this notion of balance, uh, balance in the format of training, strength, flexibility, and fitness. Uh, and we're going to sort of reveal some of how we do that. Uh, we're going to also start to talk about how when we remove the in um, inhibition or the, the, the glide or the um, joint instability, it really opens the body up to develop strength and flexibility much, much better. We're going to talk about how developing end range strength in flexibility improves your performance immensely and uh, share some um, stories about yogis, like really, really flexible people who come to Unity Gym to get to the next level, to become masters at their practice because they lack that end range strength in their discipline. And, uh, and that's something that is quite inspiring to watch happen as well. People who have been doing yoga for 20 years plus, uh, who have just hit a plateau and can't quite get to that mastery level. And when we double down on building strength in their bodies, they become more flexible. Very, very interesting. So we'll go deep into that. And we're also, uh, one of the things that I would challenge you to do, if you want to see how this works, we've had a lot of people say, oh, can you do show, can you do a YouTube? We had a great comment recently uh, asking if we could do a, I'm going to read it just so that I don't mess this up. Oh, look out. Where's my it's email? Now. Where's my email? Okay. It came through an email. And I'll probably, we'll, we'll probably do a YouTube for this. Uh, this guy says, love your content, guys. Been doing calisthenics uh, and gymnastic strength training since a few months, quite seriously, and also want to focus on my mobility and flexibility since I played soccer for a long time. So my question is, can you guys do a video on how to program flexibility, mobility, and strength training? Just some things to consider while making your own program. Thanks a lot in advance and keep up the good work. I would challenge anyone who wants to see how we do it to go and watch our at-home workouts. That is the best example of how, to, how we put a workout together that is balanced in strength, flexibility, and fitness yeah, and if mobility. You wanna, yeah, if you want to see... Because it, it shows the warm-up, it shows the cool-down, it shows the composite of a one-to-one -one ratio of strength and flexibility within the workout. And it shows cardio as and well. And it shows cardio as well. And, and we do stuff. have a few of those workouts still uh, up on the follow-alongs. We have uh, follow peak week of phase three. Peak week of phase on three is on YouTube. Yeah, and if you guys yell loud enough in the comments section and in the uh, UMS Movement Mastermind, uh, maybe maybe we'll do a flash sale for the at-home workouts <coughs> and, uh, and, and you guys can kick that off, kick the year off by having a look at that. But it's just a really great example of how we put it all together uh, into a workout and there are those workout examples up on the YouTube channel. Anyway, that's it for today. Thank you for joining us, Will. No, thank you for having me. Welcome to the Unity Gym tribe, the table. <laughs> the not what so have I gotten myself the, into? The not so round table. That's exactly right. Thanks, Rad. Thanks, uh, Phil, and thanks, Richie, for doing you know sitting just sitting there and you know being sexy, doing the lights yeah. and all yeah. of that sort of thing. Yeah, you yeah. got knocked off the mic. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well. Sorry, Rich. All right, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. We're talking performance. Have a fantastic day. Oh, hang on. Alex Taylor, hot off the press. Managed to restore pain-free movement to one of the final remaking sections of my lower back issue in the past few days with some spine circles. Awesome. Fantastic. Mm. That is great to hear. I'm going hit, to hit the like on that one as well. We'll see you all tomorrow.
Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're gonna have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's gonna get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.